Uh, you heard Helen's lead story in that bulletin there, the fact that the numbers in the old terminal building at Dublin Airport of Ukrainian refugees has now risen to 180 people with the arrival of a few more early morning flights. The Irish Times has an interesting poll this morning on public attitudes to the prospect of a cap on refugee numbers. With more on this, uh, I'm joined now by political editor of that paper, Pat Leahy. Pat, very good morning to you. Government was predicting in the early stages of this war that we could reach 40,000 refugees here in the first two months, I think it was. Is it odd then that they seem to be having problems with that number of refugees five months in? That's one of the things that I can't quite understand about this uh, this current squeeze or this current uh, situation at Dublin Airport because when the refugees started to come, as you'll recall, pretty soon after the, the, the war started in February, there was an immediate burst of activity in government and all sorts of projections were produced. And at that point, ministers were telling us as, you know, in, in, in order to lay out to people what was ahead of them, they were saying there could be 40,000 uh, refugees from Ukraine requiring assistance arriving in Ireland uh, by Easter. Now, that's quite a long time ago. We've just hit the 40,000 mark now, and it seems to me that the system is entirely glued up. There is another factor, um, I, I, I suppose, which we can't ignore either, and that is that the uh, the numbers of arrivals from other countries seeking asylum, seeking international protection, have also increased in uh, in recent months. But when it comes to the Ukrainians, which is what the special facilities and City West and so forth were being put in place for, I mean, we seem to be considerably under the uh, the numbers at this stage that had been originally anticipated. So it's kind of hard to understand why it's causing such a crisis. Well, I think your own paper is reporting one possible explanation this morning, and that is that the government was approached, it would appear, by a number of suppliers of modular homes from overseas back in March or April of this year, but waited until a few weeks ago before deciding to go down that route, and they still now haven't appointed a supplier of modular homes in spite of having put a fast-track process in place, leading to the possibility, uh, again, you guys are reporting, that it would be early next year before anybody would move into a modular home. Is there a credible reason for not having moved more swiftly on this? Not that I can see, Philip, apart from the, you know, the general slow pace that often seems to surround the work of government when it comes to getting these things done. Now, it is true that there are all sorts of rules that have to be observed when it comes to public procurement, but there's also emergency provisions uh, as well that the government, uh, you know, that the the government can can use. And, uh, you know, I... I think you go back. If you go back to look at our poll today, which has, you know, is, is citing public concern or is illustrating public concern at the numbers arriving, but also at the same time is very much underlining the public's willingness to live up to its international or to Ireland's international responsibilities. And I think, you know, the best explanation of, of, of that apparent contradiction is that, you know, people want to help refugees in Ireland and want to live up to Ireland's obligations, but they're concerned about the state's capacity. And I think when you look at that state's capacity, there's very, very clear that there's questions to be answered about how the current 
crisis has been addressed. Yeah, because absolutely one, we, we all know how devilishly complicated tendering and procurement uh, is, or at least we're told how often, very often that it is. But one thing that keeps on coming up in listeners' questions and texts on 51551 to this programme is the number of homes that have been offered. I think it stands at 2,800, yet only 180 have been occupied. Again, is there a credible explanation for why greater action hasn't been taken on that front? I mean, there's lots of explanations when you talk to people in government. There's the, you know, the capacity issues at the Red Cross, which was uh, supposed to be organising that particular effort. There was the slow pace of Garda vetting. There was the fact that lots of people offered homes and then perhaps understandably in many cases thought better about the sort of commitment that it would uh, involve. So, you know, there's... There are explanations as to how satisfactory any of them are to explain what we've seen, the slow pace uh, of that. It seems to me that they may be pleased in mitigation, but they are not defences to the charge that really the state apparatus, and I'm not necessarily putting this on politicians, but the entire state apparatus has not moved quickly enough to address the seriousness uh, of this. Uh, of this challenge and the extent of the challenge that was clearly identified right at the beginning of the uh, war in Ukraine. Can we drill down into your poll in a little bit more detail, please, Pat? Because it does, as you say, present two apparently completely contradictory concerns at the forefront of people's minds. We want to cap the numbers of Ukrainian refugees that we take in, but we also want to do right by all of the Ukrainians that arrive here. What were the respective numbers on those two questions? I'm at something of a disadvantage, Philip, because I've literally pulled in at the side of the road in West Well, Warfare, I'm not, I I'm not the because in front of me. On, on, under the byline of Pat Leahy on the front page of this morning's paper, I have 84% saying that they agree that there should be a limit and 60% saying that there were concerned that there were too many asylum seekers and refugees here, but 82% agree that it is important that we live up to our international obligations. So that you're saying in your mind translates to people really saying more resources needs to be thrown at this, more needs to be done. Yeah, look, I, I, I mean, as you say, but over 80% um, of people affirming those apparently contradictory opinions that, you know, they're concerned about the numbers, that there's a limit to the numbers that Ireland can reasonably sustain. And at the same time, they want to live up to those international obligations to, to which we referred. So, you know, how do we, how do we explain those? And I go back to that point that, uh, that I made earlier. I think the most reasonable explanation of these kind of good faith responses that are given by respondents to our poll is that people do want to live up to their international obligations, but they're concerned about the capacity that they see around them. And, you know, talk to anybody uh, about this. And uh, you will hear this concern for, uh, you know, with the pressures of the the housing crisis and you'll hear people talk about the imperative to house our own people. I don't think that people necessarily want to set that up in opposition to to fulfilling their obligations Mm. towards refugees that that are coming here. And I think the question is thrown back really at you know, at the at the authorities, at the government, for their failure to put in place adequate uh, adequate accommodation and facilities for people who are uh, people who are coming here. And I think that if they don't want to see this 
this sort of sentiment grow in, uh, in, in amongst the public, then, you know, they will take some pretty drastic steps and pretty immediate steps to provide that provision. Difficult and all that that may be. um, Well, it is very difficult to try and translate that sentiment into a coherent public policy, but it is a question that is being asked all around Europe at the moment. How many more people can we take? Can we put a cap on the number? And of course, you can't put or ask Vladimir Putin to put a cap on the number of bombs that he's dropping. So we have to continue to cope with the numbers. Like you say, the only answer to this question then is greater resources and that means taking from somewhere else? But also, not just... not just, And there is a finite uh, amount of, of, of state resources. That's absolutely true. I don't think people... I mean, this goes beyond uh, the data supplied in the poll, of course, but I don't think people would have a huge difficulty in spending more money or allocating more state resources in the knowledge that that means that they don't go to uh, they don't go to other areas of state spending i think you know i don't think people would object to see some capital projects uh, you know delayed by a period of time to, uh, to to divert more resources to the sort of rapid build capital projects that will be need to house uh, to house Ukrainian refugees over the coming over the coming autumn and winter. And remember, you know the numbers are going to, by the looks of things, the numbers are going to keep coming. So this is not just a problem in July or uh, a problem running into August. This is going to be something that the state has to get to grips with in the autumn and winter and whatever about a accommodating people in tents in Gormanstown during the summer. Um, it's difficult to see how that could be a viable solution during the winter. OK, Pat Leahy, thank you very much for joining us this morning. We're going to have further discussion of that idea of a cap on numbers and is there any way of actually translating it into a coherent policy later on in the programme in our gathering just after half past 11.